Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello. All right, Gazar. Yes. Um, we're here now, um, a week after the recording, to put together a little introduction. Um, yes, mate. For um, tonight's guest, who is um, Adam Fyset, um, who played the Sticks, um, or as um, you less cooler cats might know it, drums, um, for Baby Shambles. And. It was an eye-opening chat, wasn't it? It was proper. Um, <clears throat> you're going to know what his top five is already because you've probably mm-hmm. looked at the front of this. Um, but not only that, we had a good chat uh, to Adam about what he, what he actually does now, um, well, which it, was fucking brilliant, man. Not only musically, but um, with the psychotherapy. Yeah, we go in proper. on we go in big on. Yeah. Um, we we wasn't necessarily going to push Adam on. Let's just talk about baby shambles, oh, and no. um, but it, it just. Conversation flowed, it, flowed it, that it way. It just flowed that mm. way, and, and and we got an insight into some crazy shit. Mm. That you know what it was like to be in you know one of the most exciting and uh, can you controversial like um, not necessarily. I suppose it was just that they were front page news, wild. weren't they? You yeah, know, they it had was, some um, wild times. You know, uh, and so it was re- it was really interesting getting an insight into that, and and. And what he's drawn from that in regards to his his work on you know afterwards, and we go in on mental health. You know, yeah. we, we we speak about that a lot, <clears throat> and and obviously him growing up, um, and and the different scenes and moving to London and just a really fucking top guy as well, isn't he? He's yeah. just a, a real good egg. And you find out how we all <clears throat> know each other in it, and um, yeah. yeah, he's just a a, a layback. Um, fun guy to have a chat with. I phoned you the following morning, didn't I? Saying I, I think that's one of the best ones. Yeah, I um, definitely think that as well, mate. It, yeah. Um, yeah, it just it it flowed really easily, and and you, you're all gonna yeah love him. And we're um, also gonna play a couple of tracks of his. Yeah, um, you know, um, he st- still makes music, and it's part of his EP one. We're gonna put put a few tunes on there. Yeah, and um, yeah, I've been I've been blasting that all week. In the car, it's it's really good. So um, yeah, we'll put one on probably at the end of this, maybe the end of uh, part one, and um, then maybe one at the start of part two. That sounds perfect. Yeah. let's do that. Right, look, um, enjoy it. We won't keep on um, banging on because um, we want you to hurry up and, and listen to this one because it's a cracker. Um, yeah, we'll see you at the end. Have fun. Take care. Then. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Christmas Joe, 
present our core listing, the podcast. I think we might be recording. Yes, I okay. believe so. All right, uh, good. You all right? Bearing up, mate. Bearing up. Got, Splendid. Got most of the uh, mortar off my fingers today. Right, from, uh, we've we've been through this. We're not going to be talking about your decorating, which has know? been going on for fucking months. <laughs> Do you want to know where I am now? No. Still in the bathroom. Brilliant. It's demoralising now. Brilliant. It's breaking me. Podcast gold, talking about your <laughs> fucking decorating of your butt. Grat, top five grats. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for this ash colour one. <laughs> You're joking, I want to get in on it, but yeah, no, that's it, mate. How are you? Um, I'm all right. Your sh- shirt's very, I like your shirt today. Do you know what? I, I actually, I've got, these shorts are quite, uh, are like powder blue and this shirt is pink. I had this on because I was at work today with, with a pair of jeans and it looked a bit more kind of sensible. Mm. I look a bit... Like a cross between if Danny Dyer circa the business, the business had joined Black mate. Lace. I think that's <laughs> that's the kind of look I'm going for. I'm, I'm glad you're at least wearing shorts. I don't think I've seen you walk around this side of the bar. So no, I just assumed no, that I've been no. assuming you weren't wearing anything. But all right, should we um, should we introduce um, today's um, guest? Go for it, mate. Go for it. Okay, today's guest is um, a, a friend of ours that um, we've not seen for. Probably a couple of years now. Yeah, man. Um, but um, yeah, it's the lovely uh, Mr. Adam Fiset. Hello. You all right? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How yeah. Going, How are you doing? Yeah, we're all, all we're all all right, aren't we? Very summary. I love it. I love a summary. Outfit. It is. It is a bit of a. It, it, I think. Oh, do you know? What? I would say it's too summary. That's the thing. <laughs> I think it's a bit too summery. And these short shorts have kind of ridden right up high oh, since I've no. been sort of fidgeting on this. Only the, you could literally see the outline sad, of the ball Sadly, only our guest Adam can see that. It's <laughs> a full underdress. He's got like a jumper on and jeans. <laughs> you look a little bit kind of... Um, um, the uh, Who's the dude that... Um, Delivers the chocolates. Was it? Oh, the milk tray man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a black jumper on. Is that it? Yeah, Yeah, that's where it starts and stops. Really. If you want to, if you want to tell a bit more cash, we can send you upstairs with Stu's gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We get Stu's daughters to dress you up in some of their dad's clothes. I don't know. It's pastels. If if, you know, if you'd put a call in for pastels, pastel it up. We we both got the black memo today. I'm wearing some. I'm just wearing some strange print. I thought it was an African tea top. It's all right. I mean, I don't get me wrong. It know does, what it is. You, you're you definitely 15 years too old to be wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Straight off ASOS. Yeah. In the teen section. <laughs> or even the mid 20 section. So, um, we've established that you're all right, Ed. And when, when did we last see each other? Uh, Was it Probably toothbrush? at the toothbrush when you were doing some, something there. What were we doing there? Something special. It was a special night. Was it, was it the 40th or there. something? Was it, it the was, 30th it was. anniversary of the brush? I think it was, yes. Yeah, uh, that's right. And, um, and I sent you something with me in the bath. That's right. You did actually... That, yep. that, that yep. was sent to the Pink Toothpaste. It wasn't yep. just a personal right. uh, <laughs> video yeah. from Adam of him in the bath just checking <laughs> in with right. me. Don't mind. You can <laughs> sure, use sure. it for your own public, you know, private use. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried to get lots of little videos from um, people in bands and such that have had, you know, time at the, at the toothbrush and that. And I've got to admit, yours was definitely the most unique. Right. Sent from the bathtub. Mm. Smashing. Yeah, yeah. poignant yeah. and sexy. What like a Ricky Gervais bathtub shot or a bit more sexy? A bit more um, sexy. Yeah, more sexy. Yeah, yeah, less yeah. double chin. Less double yeah. chin up, yeah, nice. Uh, and we, we met at Proud Camden, didn't we? Yeah, we, we got a Proud Camden, didn't we? Yeah, Urban, Urban Indie. That Urban was it. Night. Yeah, yeah. That was a good night. You did a good what set, What was man. it? Was that so session? You playing, you playing hip-hop, I think, when you suck a few just hip-hop songs out. in I mean, there. It you know, started with the indie thing. Everyone always said, oh, yeah, go for the indie, and it just it starts to fall, doesn't it? So mm. pull out whatever 
whatever works, you know, generally it's what I do now, really. Whatever, whatever's moving, you know, rather than stick to your guns and say, this is what I'm going to do. It's got, it's got to move. It's got like to all decent DJs say, it's yes. a, we, we always say it's a lesson that um, when you start DJing, a hard lesson to learn is that yeah, you might yeah. be at home and you're like, I fucking love this song. And it's yeah, like, yeah. It never know, works. Never Unfortunately, works. everyone doesn't think that your tunes are the shit. Watch, <laughs> watch this. Yeah. And then you're heartbroken when like you've built up a crowd and, yeah. then, and then they all leave the dance floor. You're like, fucking hell, mate. There's been many a time where I think, I am going to be a one man machine to bring back Pearl by Chapter House and I'm going <laughs> to fucking take the roof off and these kids are going to be thanking me for this. Never happened. And they look oh. at you. Never happened. What's this, granddad? You got any uh, Beyonce? Fuck off. I'm <laughs> doing a jungle set at the moment. Just play Mr. Brightside, mate. Uh, okay, well, um, you, um, you fight over the list today of what you're going to do. Um, you initially sent me... Um, Top five takeaways. Top which, five takeaways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Was a bit of you being serious then? Because I hope so. Yeah, because I was mm, thinking about it. I was thinking, mm, what are my top five takeaways? Mm, and you know, then you go into that, you think, well, right, I couldn't have a curry on a Sunday night. I've got work on the Monday. You've got to be careful. <laughs> and there's there's certain elements where you have to plan ahead for the takeaway, the impact that takeaway would have on your life. Well, we've recently we, me, we, me for a, me for a curry would be put a toilet roll in the fridge for the oh, next right. day. Okay, just for the, just well, the we, sheer heat. We just got back from. Um, swimming in Wales didn't we we went yeah. swimming some rivers and mountains and that and took all the podcast equipment and done some when we was there and we asked like the listeners to send in like ideas for top fives one of which was our top five takeaway so oh, we yeah. we're, we're up to speed on that and we're yeah, yeah. you know when you said that I thought fucking brilliant like, <laughs> I know exactly where I'm going with this <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah but you've topped it anyway Ed, like um, so um, do you want to introduce what your your top five is going to be this evening? I can remember them. Yeah, so it was uh, it was it was top five to do with it was B sides of people I've worked with. Right. So she was very excited when that came through. Yeah. By the way, he was like, "Oh, he's, he smashed it." <laughs> the well, Indian yeah, yeah. yeah. come, come alive there. <laughs> um, so top five B sides. So and um, obviously I won't mention or give away anyone that's on your list. So so that could be. Um, from say I don't know one of the bands on here you've worked with either them or someone from that band yeah that's true yeah rather than the band it's it's probably uh, from looking at all those it's the main well apart from the bottom one it was the main people from all that, those bands yeah okay. you've been lucky enough to work with yeah some characters okay it'd be good to um, find out how you work with them if that's all yeah. good mate yeah of course yeah Excellent. obviously it'd be nice to sort of chat about your career in music as yeah, well yeah defo and um and yeah, the, yeah we've uh, had some wicked stories haven't we we had uh, Russell from Block Party on didn't we did some yeah. g- good stuff with him and Justin from uh, Elastica that was so, good oh Justin yeah man looking great. forward to it yeah, he's a dude man we, that was our first uh, our road first trip, ever we well, was our second trip. ever podcast wasn't it yeah. we, we went down to Brighton and um and caught up with him and do you, do you know Justin then? I know Justin yeah he's great he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a smasher isn't he yeah I met Justin first when Elastica were well long story but we managed to plug in backstage during the blur days when they were really small, got to know Elastica. And then we got on, jumped on the Elastica tour as just as fans and got to know all of the Elastica crew. They'd put us on every single guest list. So I got to know all the Elastica lot. Really? So, yeah, went to the Word with them. Um, oh, yeah, shit. done all that. Done all, they got us on the Word, me and mate Ed. Really? And mate, and mate Ed's at the end of the, you know the Star Shape video, Blur? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, well, the live video? It's two mod guys right at the end talking about stuff. And one of them is well, my old mate Ed. So, what? And in Milton Keynes, you don't get many people you know who right. are into bands like that. So uh, we ended up blagging and done all there. Yeah, so that's why I know the last of a lot. I oh, rinsed mate. that Star Shaped video. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the one where the speaker falls on Damon's foot. It is, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And Graham yeah. goes missing, doesn't he? Graham and, goes and missing. Like... And Stuart's on the front cover. We have a Stuart. Um, we have a mate, Stuart, who's the guy in the bed. On the bed, really? Cover. Yeah, he works with Damon now. He does all of his kind of road stuff and that. Wow. Yeah. So let's let's go right. back there before we we, we bring. I'll let's tell you what. Then, then that works. And if we maybe start with this one on the list, then yeah, yeah, the twelve um, of Sunday Sunday because it was two twelves released. Uh, this is by Blur. By Blur, yeah. Yep. They released two twelves, and the first twelve was I think they were probably running short of B sides by then. So the the first twelve had all of the old Seymour stuff on. Uh, one called Fried, one called Dizzy, and one called Mixed Up. So Seymour was... Seymour was Blur before Pre-Blur, they, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think they got signed and then they changed after that, I think. Was it all four of them? Was all Seymour? four of them. Seymour, I think um, Graham was telling me, or Stephen Street, one of them was telling me how they were signed and it just weren't happening. And they kind of changed the name overnight and whatever happened in it, you know. It was it got to the next level. It didn't get to the kind of the level they ended up at. But it definitely helped changing their name. I can't remember who it was. Someone suggested they change it. Someone from Food or Parlophone. So yeah, no, I was a big fan growing up. Um, so I bought the two twelves, and one of them had all the Seymour stuff, and one of them had all uh, like the old London stuff. It had Daisy Daisy on it, and or Daisy Bell, and uh, let's all go down. The let's go down the Strand, yeah. So I bought both, obviously, and I was always, re- I always really liked that tune. I, I actually looked up um, the other B sides today, and and it was noted that um, Daisy and and Strand Graham. Refers to as the worst thing they've ever done. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with Country House. Yeah, excellent. Uh, um, but I, um, when you when I thought B-side of Sunday, Sunday, I got all excited because I thought it was Maggie May. Because I used to play Maggie May was on the, the clubs. En- that, was that was on Chemical the enemy World. Thing, yeah. And it was on Ruby was Tracks. It? Oh, was it? Ruby Tracks, the enemy yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was the B-side of Chemical World 12. Oh, I didn't know that. No, oh, the 12. Uh, seven inch. Seven, seven. inch. Because I know oh. it weren't on the CDs because I've got the, d- the double pack. Yeah. You know, the plastic pack. Chemical World was Eschmet, Young and Lovely, My Ark, something else from the CDs. Right, so you're a blur nerd then. I was. It's really weird. I mean, you know, I mean, from uh, She's So High, wasn't it, the first single? Yeah. And then There's No Other Way Than Bang. And then that was the end of that. And then it went to Pop Scene. I remember finding Pop Scene and thinking, whoa. And then put, taking it home. Bought it in. Someone that I was working with my old man somewhere. Went to a record shop. And I hadn't, I hadn't heard from yeah. them for a while. I think it's all over. And then this, this, this kind of whatever, like a pheasant on the front, took it home. It's got brass on it. Yeah. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's got, whoa. But it was, we'd done, um, we'd done a podcast with Mark Morris yeah. um, about two months ago, didn't we? Yeah. And, um, and we spoke about their, their single between the first album and the second album. And, and at that point, we mentioned this, so I'm repeating myself if you did listen to that one, but because um, I, I want to talk about pop things, so I think it's one of the greatest things ever done. It moves stuff a lot, and, like and it, mm. they, they they look different, like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, DMs, they had cherry Phoenix, reds on, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, it was another um, level. But suede had stay together, of course, yeah. Oasis had whatever, yeah. and like they've all got these killer fuck off tunes, yeah, 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 that never made the albums, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was a all oh, Mark said it was a conscious. Charlotte has had me and time. They want yeah, to sit yeah, on it. Course, me yeah. and time and Scorpio. No, what's it? Um, Over Rising. Yeah, what, which is one of my favourite Charlotte right, songs. And the B side of that. What's the B side of Over Rising? Happened to die. That's a classic. Tribute. God, man, I'm being well out nerdy yeah, tonight. <laughs> 
Did you so? Did you used to collect these um, on vinyl or, or CD, or did you do More. both? If you if they yeah, were missing both. things, I remember getting the There's No Other Way and the remix out there twelve as well. The kind of the baby's face all in red and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Uh, but mainly CD, I think, was easier. And it weren't like now where you could source anything. It's like you really had what yeah. you had. Yeah. I'm coming to London. In our big, price. Big Rosie's fan. Yeah. Mm. I come to London with my brother. I go to Camden. I'm even like 14 at the time. And you know, you walking down, and you're like, oh, you know, I want a cassette. The town and country, and this and be buzzing about it, like we're yeah. here and all these old things. Or we'd always had, you know, there's a few record shops in Camden, but the main places for the real rare stuff would have been, um, was that little kind of that little dog leg just off of Tottenham Court Road Station? There's that little where Barry's tap yeah, 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 yeah. It kind a, of arcs round, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah. used yeah. to be two record shops there. One That's was it. painted in the Beatles colors, you yep. go upstairs, right, right. it'd be all memorabilia. So, someone like me is like, whoa, all these black and white shots. and Get loads of like normally it'd be Stone Roses, Charlottes, or Blur, really, and then from them free, working my way back into other areas of being influenced by them. But yeah, and no, I was uh, it's weird because since doing the whole band thing myself, a lot of that magic's been taken out of it. I, I don't maybe it's an age thing as well, but the whole band experience for me, a lot of the magic's been lost. I think you know it's a shame because that that kind of really wanting to get it and own it. And I don't have that anymore. Do you think it's because the, we, we, we talked about this before, like the mist, sometimes the mystery of something that you have that wonderment yeah, of, totally. the mystery sort of goes. Well, and that, when that's, it becomes your thing. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, 100%. True. I work in clubs now. It's not the sort of like glamorous oh, and I'm things. Yeah. Oh, it's the same. I mean, once you've been on that DJ thing, people are like, yeah, yeah let's go clubbing. You think, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> joking. Yeah. I want to be joking. able to have a conversation. It is. <laughs> you know, my mates now, you know, my mates from Milton Keys are right in Harlow. Let's go clubbing. I'm thinking, I'm too old. Plus, Last place I want to be, yeah, because I've, I've been at the Playboy Club, just finished my residency. Then mm. it's like that was a long set, and it's like I don't yeah. want to go anywhere near that. I mean, it's all electronic yeah, yeah. stuff, but the yeah. last place I want to be, yeah, yeah. I'm working, it's all right, but socially, yeah, yeah. Wait. So, so how did you come to be in London in when like there's no other way and stuff like that come out? You must have been young. Well, no, I went in London and I was in Milton Keynes then, so I was living in Milton Keynes. So I, right. I moved to Essex, moved to Harlow when I was 19. Right. I moved to Harlow for two, two, three years. And then from there, so I was in Milton Keynes, just getting into bother, and then <laughs> ended up going to, to Harlow to do like quite old, the 19, to do like a B-Tech in music, which at that point is quite difficult because at that age, most people are like 16. So kind of like the old man doing that. Right, and right. Um, just really apply myself. And when you go to someone like a college, it's not like going to a university where everyone comes from different places. It's colleges generally everyone's local. Local. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew no one. I was stuck in some, you know, renting some old lady's house with uh, nothing to do. Didn't know any people. So just threw myself into music for the first time ever. You know, I left school with no qualifications, had nothing. Literally, I got out of Milton Kings because there was things like drug culture was getting big. There was small petty crime kicking off. And I got this scholarship to go out because of the trouble I was getting into. So oh, yeah. they actually gave me some money to go to a college. If you go mm. to a uni, you get fine yeah. those mm. days. So I got this government grant. I thought, well, oh, you know, I can play drums. And just threw myself into everything, you know. So was you going to the square then at this point? Yeah, yeah, square, yeah, yeah. yeah. My first ever gig at the square. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's, is that gone there? It's either gone or it got a last minute kind of... Uh, Reprieve. Yeah, I, I, someone big put their name behind it and said, you know, this is a cultural value. Yeah, because I was doing a B-Tech at Harlow College, so that, that lent into their performances there. At the same time, I was in a band with a mate, we were Catalyst, and we used to play a lot in Ian Punter's bar. You know Ian Punter? Yeah, really well, yeah. Opinion. Yeah, I know him. He's, he's, you know, he would give us loads of gigs at his bar in um, Cellar Bar. Yeah. 
So we played there, we played there. That was, that was, that was Romford's toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. It as well. Yeah, in Brentwood. Brentwood. Yeah. And... You had the castle in Brentwood as well. There was a theatre as well. We played a foyer of a theatre a few times. I think that was in Brentwood. Or was that at Upminster? It was like a theatre. It's a proper, like, for some reason, they were... Yeah, there's a Brentwood. There's a theatre in Brentwood, yeah. We used to to play there quite a bit, doing jam. It was all like jam covers, a few called Catalysts. It was was all in set. It was all like mod stuff. It was like the jam, the who, I guess, a bit of Roses. And at that time, Britpop was kicking off. So I'd done that. And then from there... I managed to get onto a degree course to do a jazz degree. I, I thought I was never going to get onto it, but managed to get onto this jazz degree course. It was jazz and popular music. And then done that. Where was that? Where did you I have that? I was in Middlesex and then I moved back to North London. Yeah. So I moved to uh, near Southgateway, done that. Yeah, so that was that. Got into the jazz thing. So I was always a bit... I was never, you know, I didn't, I didn't come from an, an academic background on the jazz thing. But what got me into the jazz thing was people like... When I was growing up and all this indie stuff was kicking off, before probably before I got into the indie stuff, I was probably no, not probably I was. I was more influenced by you know we all go through probably Michael Jackson face. But then mm, yeah. the first thing that I really lent into myself, not being influenced by my older brothers that were into like Velvets and Stones, would have been like Dead or Soul, Tropical yeah. Quest, Public Enemy, and especially the the first lyrics I ever learned were Public Enemy lyrics. I was sitting at home consciously trying to learn lyrics because it was like as the anger and that fucking. Yeah. So, was you drumming at this point, obviously? Started drumming at 17. So, obviously, if hip-hop, it's, it's drums, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Public Enemy, though, because that specifically was all about the James Brown, you know, that, yeah. uh, that break. Break, yep. So, you know, I was like, wow, this is, this is great. And that's what kind of really stood me all the way through my style of drumming. is much more funkier that led me through the hip-hop thing. Listening to De La Soul, that Free yeah. Your High and Rising yeah. album. You know, all those grooves and, and they sample from all those classic soul and funk stuff. It's, it's really weird. Like, you know, we were chatting earlier and, you know, we're, we're only a year apart in age. And whatever, you know, I had some growing up listening to, you know, lots. Of, I, I was no cool kid, you know. I wasn't I wasn't rinsing John Peel when I was 14. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was listening to, like, no, Alexander O'Neill and Cameo and, and stuff mm. like that. All my pals were listening to. But... You know, as I kind of got into the the Smiths and stuff like that, then Free Feet I'm Rising come out, and literally everyone I knew was like, oh, "Fucking hell, what is this?" And it was yeah, like, yeah. it was a game changer in hip hop. It felt yeah, it, def- it was very. It didn't different. sound yeah. like anything else. The samples no. were. It was just they weren't screaming about shooting everyone, and yeah. they, they weren't angry. But that was pre that because I mean? that stuff didn't happen until after. Well, the gangster kind of stuff. I guess mind you saying NWA were kicking yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. NWA were about, yeah, but all like the, the G funk stuff. And it tied in with all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. So you had the roses and stuff doing all their thing. And, and yeah, I mean, looking at it back now, probably a lot of it was fluff from the media, but you had all this kind of, yeah, this kind of hippie vibe going on. And their big covers we have Daisy Age. And I remember that Queen Latifah single as well, Mother Gave Birth to the Soul yeah. Children. So, I mean, someone nicked that for me, that 12. But that was one of my favourite 12s ever. And that whole vibe, man. You well, know, they had their little crew, didn't going. they? With Latifah, yeah, Murray yeah, Love, Q-tip. and Q-Tip, yeah. and like Jungle Brothers. Yeah, there was like yeah. it was their little little crew, wasn't it? And it was, <laughs> it was really groove-based melodic yeah. hip hop. Um, so yeah, getting into that, and then I guess getting a bit more teenagey, then leaning into the the baggy thing because it linked quite nicely because it was groove-based. Yeah. And then the baggy thing kind of I don't know what happened to the baggy thing. It kind of morphed a bit. As we were saying earlier, I had that, but I also had on the side of the real indie shoegaze stuff, you know, Curve, Boo Radis, because mm. they were the only bands that were playing Milton Keynes, Swifton Centre. Blur played once, and Graham threw his guitar into the audience and cracked some girls that open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spoke to him about this, and he went, oh, I don't remember that. But um, 
Yeah, because they're all in the... She milk. doesn't either. Yeah, the milk a, li- a, life, a life of memory loss and uh, <laughs> eating through a straw. No, but like, they're, they're pictured in the hospital Star-shaped. the next day, you know, in the hospital with her giving her a guitar. Because yeah. obviously that's pretty meaty, your telecaster working your yeah. noggin, eh? Yeah, I know. Not gonna no. the, the, the other, my other favourite um, one of uh, rap, um, musicians doing something into crowds is Method Man, uh, once on a Wu-Tang Clan... Uh, gig he jumped up and was swinging off this pipe that was over the crowd and the pipe broke and he just landed on a person and I don't know he either knocked him out or he put him in a coma because <laughs> he's that big a dude I know it's obviously not funny but it's just fucking mad isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that is that most of our shows you know he'd be lobbing stuff in drum kit would go in you think someone's going to get a clonk from that yeah. somewhere in that audience all the time that I go in every single gig something would go in bottle was it they'd be grateful for it though I don't know about now I don't know like how, how audiences deal with that shit now but when you're younger I just I like any, you're just up for it aren't you Why not? Like, I remember when I used to go to the heavy like the more metally sort of gigs I used to get fucking decked in there <laughs> me and Pip used to come out with like aches and pains and sometimes grazes <laughs> um, but no really rough but loved it so you know fucking hell if if I someone's drum hit uh, you in the head, you, those, you, if uh, that those scarred your head, you'd be like, yeah, I've yeah, got a yeah, scar. Yeah, yeah, both ways. We, you know, you go that way and that way. We'd get yeah. stuff thrown at us. And I remember screwdrivers coming on coins. Jesus Christ. I'd come off stage at the end, as, as there'd be like, obviously, there was this thing. I don't know where it was an indie thing from like the, the 2000 thing, but clothes, shitloads of clothes, beads, bras, all these <laughs> screwdrivers, fucking darts, you know, coins. You know, someone's, I mean, I've got massive teeth problems now it's been a dentist yesterday because someone threw a wine bottle in my face it just took me out you're kidding Italy. yeah it's kind of took four tooth out so every every two three years something else has to be done fucking yeah hell. I, I was just drumming away in the viper rooms in Italy suddenly you know if you're in a fight or something you might see something coming but you can smell it but you're drumming I just I just bang. making music and you, you know what happened kind of come to and as someone, as someone well, I think Drew or someone carried me off said you're alright I went Took me down. It's like just my face was out here. Someone lobbed a full wine bottle at me. Was it the wine hell. bottle was full? It was half full. Yeah. Was Fucking full, yeah. hell! You know, what so a waste of wine. Personally, me there could have hit me eye. You know, could have took me eye. I don't know what the mentality of, of lobbing a whole wine bottle. That's pretty meaty, isn't it? I've not, I've not I mean, seen that. That's crazy. If someone was lobbing that, aiming to get us, I mean, he got a good hit, but. Could have been a lot worse. He yeah, must have felt like I can't imagine why, anyone why, doing why, that and I, feeling I, I good get, about themselves. I get some people might have just thought, right, I'll, I'll throw a bottle of wine at Pete. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was at me. It's probably <laughs> yeah. Just me, to be honest. Yeah, but <laughs> to I mean, get on the chin you're not really an offensive kind of guy, <laughs> no, are you? No, not like that oh, drummer sitting over <laughs> there drumming. <laughs> yeah, fucking giving it a big one. Look at him. Thinks he's all that drummer. Take that smirk off his face. Syncopated rhythm he's doing now. Let's sort him out. Yeah, I've never seen that. I mean, I get it for Daphne and Celeste at the festival. People were chucking bottles of piss at them. Fair enough, you know, they probably wanted that. That, that was all Bo- I, I, glass that, that bottle of wine. That's all I remember people talking about was just that this kind of, I mean, that was the first thing I think that ever went viral. Let's <laughs> let, People at Reading saying, let's go and throw fucking shit at Daphne and Celeste. Because when you see the footage of that, then po- they're just fucking kids, weren't they? That in a pop band that just kind of got told, go and do this. Oh, all right, Did brilliant. someone get done at a metal festival. It was like a, a grime guy. It was um, it was a uh, lethal bizzle. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he got what? it, didn't he? he got yeah. it at a metal festival. Oh, yeah. They put bizzle on at fucking download. That's it. Yeah. I tell yeah. you what, right? We haven't had this guest on yet, but uh, Mike Joyce from the Smiths has got a fucking quality story about getting booked for a festival that he shouldn't have done in Germany. <laughs> That's all I can say. But when we get Mike on, mate, I'll, t- I'll tell you after. It is fucking quality. <laughs> it's one of my faves. Well, look, while we've 
we, we, we're, we're talking about music and we're talking um, baggy. Mm. Then you were saying also there, there's the point when, you know, the indie scene at that point was very rhythm based and then where did it go from there? Well, you know, again, as you, we spoke before and you said, you know, it, it was getting very electronic and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, I, I yeah. think it's probably a, a, a good opportunity to talk about um, that one. Right, yeah. The Mondays, right for luck. Um, yeah, I mean, re- regarding my work with the Mondays, it's nothing. I mean, no, I've hung Oh, up. shit, sorry. We what? didn't ask about the work Blur. Blur. All right. So what, what is your for? connection with Blur then? What was... Um, um, Graham Coxon. Right. Graham. Yeah, doing some stuff with Graham, you know, in Baby Shambles in solo stuff. Yeah, so that's that's the connection with Blur, really. Right. I mean, obviously, okay. also Dave was been my my kind of place a few times when he started to DJ. He came round a few times, and I was just showing him how to use CDJs and stuff. Dave, the lawyer, right. um, met Damon a few times, but I haven't really spoke to him, you know. But yeah, Graham and Dave. It's weird. Again, you know, you growing up, all these people, and then you meet them. Yeah. I remember saying when I met Ian Brown, and you kind of, I don't know, some of you disappointed that some of you. You just, it takes away that myth. Yeah. You, lose, you lose something. Mm. You're like, all right. I think that's what it is. I think a lot of that, those people that I really was really into, especially now when, when the whole thing isn't as big as it was, they're more accessible. And you meet them and you realise they're, just, they're people. just people. You know, It is weird. And, and I think there's only very few that have that that different level. And, and, and I do think that Morrissey's got that. You yeah, know, Bowie, yeah. Prince, that sort of level. Yeah, that that kind of and and to a degree, like you know, I'd say Michael Stipe, you mm. know, and a few, of the, yeah, the big guys. Morrissey, yeah. Have you met Morrissey? I met him in Spain. We was playing it. I mean, we, just, you know, cause classic shambles. <laughs> the tour was a shambles. We ended up driving through the whole of fucking Spain. It's no one slept for two days. It's like a party wagon. We'd done some festival. It was, uh, it was us, Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so you know we were wired. It's kind of a you know we'd, we'd uh, want too many sherbets, but and then Morrissey kind of is in the in the dressing room. I was like, all right, Morrissey, how you doing? <laughs> so very tired. Not even looking at me. Just I'm so very tired, but not quite bedridden. Shut the door. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> That's what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. isn't it? What do you mean? Like, it was like tired. So very what? tired, but not quite bedridden. <laughs> <laughs> would you be? Would you be? Would you? Would that make your day, Stu? That sort I of. I wouldn't go near him. I wouldn't go near you, him. It's too much for you, isn't it? You get I think I'd be a bit fanboy, yeah. and like, and I think I'd, I'd just know he'd, he'd probably be a bit of an ass. So I don't want to see that because I think he'd spoil listening to the records. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I was a bit like, oi, 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 yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have been. You know, we'd been up for it. So, well, yeah. We'd try and give him Every, a hug. So, everything was a bit rough around the edges for you. <laughs> Probably a day later, so, you're like, obviously security oh. had him on as well, like security, and he just yeah. drifted past me like, like whatever, you know, Queen Victoria. <laughs> so tired, but not quite bedridden. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. But that was that. Yeah, a few people I've spoke to that have met Michael Stipe said he was really, really quite mean. And yeah, um, we met him on a plane actually. Mick, the guitar player, was. Uh, Mick was like lent over with it was us three we're going when you do these festivals especially if you're doing like you go to Oxygen it's still going there all those things but you'd all be on the same flights most of the time and I remember Mick going oh hey I like your tattoo there you know because he, he has some like big black dot thing does oh, that, and yeah. Mick was like does that mean so and so was you know, trying to engage he just looked at him and went and drew the curtains <laughs> because we, <laughs> it was a divide between you know whatever it is yeah
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Really? Oh. I mean, like, if you're getting pestered all the time... (laughs) I kind of get it, but then it's like it's that that level of like you're in that you're in that world now. And yeah, you know, but don't yeah, still common decency I, I, and being polite. Been lucky in, in what we've done um, in meeting people. I've you know it's strange because it takes away a bit of the mystery, but it's reassuring as well mm. that people aren't cunts. Like you know, like mo- the majority. Like mm. we've obviously booked a few divas in our time, but the vast majority, I'm saying ninety nine percent, ninety eight percent a quite, you know, decent, mm. decent, normal human being. So you can just have a conversation, provided you're not going to have a, you're not going to fanboy yeah, out or, it's, or whatever. It's, it's, it's key that if, you know, through, through meeting people through clubs or bands or whatever, if they're nice people, then it's a bonus. And, you know, and you stay in touch with these mm. people, then hence you're sitting in yeah. there which is mm. nice and, and as of most of our other guests have been mm. people that we've met through the mm. clubs and yeah. and whatnot that we've just got on well with and but there's other people that that I've booked that you know might DJ for Radio 1 that are fucking <laughs> horrible <laughs> fucking people I know you have yeah, to tell that story like, um, I'd love to tell that story because he was an absolute shit and uh yeah, she but, yeah. became someone's waiter accidentally, yeah. and then, but then, mm. then, then didn't. It's it's a good story. Yeah, makes <laughs> ego as well, you know, because I think people are elevated to that status so much that it must be hard for them to step out of that. But you're right. I mean, I couldn't even be that way if I try. I think some people can't, just haven't got it in them. Seems like I guess like Mark Morris, you've done before, met him a few times on doing the solo circuit, and it's the same. You know, so just. It's just Mark Morris, do you know what I mean? This is so refreshing. Same as um, who else is on that circuit? There's normally four of us. Um, Tom Hingley and uh, Chris as well. Chris from Seals. Helm, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. do the kind of same thing. Do you yeah. know what? I've got a little story about Tom, right? And, um, and I've met him quite a few times. And, and he's when he finished the with the Inspirals, mm. he set up a band with Jerry from the Lotus Eaters called The Lovers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, and they come down to um, Chelmsford to play the Y Club, and uh, and 
he was like, you've got anywhere we can stay? And uh, I was still at home with parents, but my mate had like a little flat. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And we sorted him out, this 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 flat. So he um, he come and stayed like, down here. And I was a bit fanboy because I was probably 19 and he was in the fucking spiral car, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I kind of just, won't email them, but every now and again, I'll just give them a call and say, you know, when you're playing and we go and watch the lovers if they come to London and stuff like that. Fast forward like fucking hell, five years and my band at the time got a gig in Manchester and he went, oh mate, I'm there. And he puts up and he was just, oh, it was brilliant. Was wow. And uh, and the, the weird thing about that gig was, um, we, it was at the night and day, I think, mm. and um, and it was packed. And I was thinking, they ain't here for me. Like, yeah. because normally we play to about 15 people. <laughs> and I was thinking, this is rammed in here. This makes no sense. Yeah. And uh, with bonus, obviously, there's, mm. you know, it's a full house to play to. But it was the, the barman's leaving do. Oh, right, and, yeah. uh, and the barman was Guy Garvey. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, he was leaving because he just signed a record deal. Oh, no. yeah. look at that. I think he's done all right. Uh, it's still going. Yeah. I've just gone down. Oh, it's all oh, right. We thought that one was oh, good. We've stitched you up there, mate. Sorry. We've got a few comedy chairs, yeah, but I thought they were all going that way, mate, because that was one of your new ones. This is exciting podcast uh, banks. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, our listeners know the within very well, so yeah, they're probably like, "Oh, that's chair too." <laughs> well, um, talk, talking about that, you know, playing to fifteen people. Have you played to quite small crowds before? Oh, loads, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I started to do the solo stuff, even now, it depends where you go, or it depends where I go. Mm. The last tour I was doing, I don't tend to do as much that I used to do, but I was in Scotland. And there was about, you know, about 10 people there. And it's, I mean, I'm kind of used to it now, really. And, yeah. uh, but at first, I think ego-wise, I'm coming from like a big band like The Shambles where yeah. it's always sold out and that. And then slowly kind of filtering down. Yeah, it's, it's tough initially, but then I think I kind of get used to it. Yeah. And you so, realise you're lucky. Yeah, so, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Massively quick, because... Um, what had you been doing band-wise leading up to joining Baby Shambles? I was in a band called... Well, it was in two. I was in a band that was signed by Tummy Touch. They were signed called Mains Ignition. That was like breakbeat stuff. That was So that was like uh, 99. That was when the whole breakbeat thing was big. Yeah. Fatboy Slim and all that. Just, just kicked off after Britpop. Britpop died. UK Garage and breakbeat kind of come in. Yeah. So that was kicking off. We were supporting pulp, supporting pulp and stuff like that. Doing When Pulp were doing more electronic stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a band called The White Sport, which had Patrick on guitar. It was managed by a guy called James Malord, who then managed Peter's solo career. So by 2003, I was a band called The White Sport, which was kind of guitar jangly stuff, and this breakbeat band, and like doing wedding bands and just music stuff. Um, and Pete then poached Patrick from The White Sport, and then formed Baby Shambles. Didn't do Libs anymore, it's 2004. Three, I think, and McGee was trying to keep it. That last album for Libertines was just stitched together, it was jigsawed together. It was doing nothing. They weren't really a band by then, mm -hmm. but they were obliged by the label. But by that time, Pete wanted to do his own thing. The whole thing had been arrested. Cole, he'd broken into Cole's flat, all that rigmarole. So he would come down to the studio where we were playing in, and he'd borrow guitars and stuff. You know, for me, just some young guitar kid. And I'd <laughs> done all the guitar things. So I was more into electronic stuff then. And then I 
things like white stripes and strokes started to kick off. I, I was, yeah. I had no way would have imagined it would have been that soon after Britpop. I was thinking about 2010 maybe right. to that, come back. You had that awful time in between where it was not. I haven't particular issue with chewing breaks, but like Travis. Oh and yeah, it was dull. That yeah, that yeah, acoustic yeah, yeah. embrace, Coldplay. Oh mate, it was, it was a elbow, bad. Elbow, yeah, yeah, it was a bad time. Yeah. I went to oh, I don't know. I went to something like the Cure or something. It was at the O2. And yeah, I don't even like I don't even like football, but the lineup was that, and I don't know hard fire. I don't mean to insult anyone who likes that lot, but honestly, I spent the entire queue in the toilet. They had a TV in the mm. toilet, and I was drinking and I was watching the telly in the toilet. The music was just—I just thought it was just banal. A lot it of was, it. it was a Why was you at the queue walls? Was you there with a bo- know, box of lollipops and some <laughs> aftershave? <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. No splash, no gas, <laughs> no spray, no lay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was, it was a very sedate time. Mm. You know, I think that the cutting edge stuff was, was skin records really, yeah. at that point. They were doing all that stuff. Yeah. Chemical Brothers all kicking off. And I didn't think it was going to come back around for a while. And then Strokes, White Stripes. We had that little interim, didn't you? That kind of electro clash, they called it. So you had like... Yeah, Fisher Spooner and... Yeah, and what's that? Uh, Electric Six. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and it's weird because Gay Bar was your, your go-to... Indie floor filler, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that, yeah. that high voltage, that was Jack White singing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, right. yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a cracking yeah. tune, that was. Yeah. And who was the, oh, who was the other band then? The States weren't struggling so bad. Though. It was, what's, when did the Year, Year, Years come out? Sorry, I've jumped into Around about the same time, I yeah. guess. It was just like a lot of the UK band sort of stuff I was like not feeling at the time. No, it? but then it, then it changed. Then you got, then I, I remember seeing the Coral Skeleton Key on... And then yeah. Franz Ferdinand thinking, whoa, hold on. Yeah. And then Strokes Libertine. Blew my stuff. fucking mind when I first had Skeleton Key. I, I didn't know mm. what it was. No, I was same. like, what the mm. fuck's this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and they right. were kids. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right place, right time as yeah. well, I think. Because mm. now that would have come up, people like, I don't get this. Yeah. But then that's it. And, and, and I think it was the Strokes and the White Stripes, weren't it, really? They paved the way. Then obviously, right, the UK were on it. Right, what, we're going to get on it? Then you got, I guess, Libertines. Trying to think of the word. Hives, Hives come out mm-hmm. then. Hives, Libertines. Von Bondi's in the States. Oh, over Rock here. party. I'm trying to think of those real early live stuff. Then it just that was it. Bam. And then it became mass popular culture. Yeah. So then you got Top Shop getting on it. Then that's it. Back exposed. Yeah. Yep. And we were lucky. We jumped on the back of what the lives done. Um, yeah. We've already this this kind of momentum. Yeah. You know, straight to playing Brixton Academy. Got a phone call. Do you want to play Brixton next week? What? <laughs> wow. Give me seven grand. So, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Right in a year. Um, yeah, and then it's just, you know, it just fucking chaos from then, you know. Kind of quit my job. I was a school teacher at the time. Teaching, oh, really? Taking secondary school music, yeah. I, think, I never knew that. Because you come into it from it, you, you, you sort of like, although you said you wasn't a ca- academic, obviously, back in the day, days of Milton, no, I, I, Milton I, I, Keynes. I got is, to the grind, usually. Yeah. So I've done the BTEC thinking, yeah. like, what I'll do, I'll go back to Milton Keynes after Harlow. Or stay here, sign on for a couple of years, and then go and do a degree. And just so happened to go onto a course. And then think, well, what am I going to do now? Uh, do PGC teacher training because they were paying people to do it. It's massive shortage of music teachers. So I had to go and reset their equivalent of GCSE English and maths. I had no qualifications, and now I was school teacher. So I had to no. go and reset all these external things. The only person who had to do it was a bit embarrassing. So then started teaching <laughs> like two or three days a week. You have to do like a probation year. So I'd, I'd done that, got that out of the way whilst still, you know, planning bands. When you're young, you can do that. And DJing as well. Mm. We had a club in, in London. We had a club outside Islington Station, Ponanar. Every Thursday, we'd be at a mod club. And every Friday, we'd have a UK garage club up near North London. So still doing all the DJing thing, doing as much plan as I can. Got my probation year over and think, right, 
Now, so then I was a classroom teacher for one day a week, and then two days a week I was teaching drum kit. Um, and then just carried on doing that whilst doing sessions and stuff, nice. thinking that I can just slowly stop the teaching. Yeah. Maybe uh, one or two days a week just to pay the bills, it. bit of sessions, bit of wedding band stuff. There was never like, right, I'm going to make it. I just played in loads of different bands, and one of those bands got lucky. That was it, you know. Yeah. I think still I was, you know, still still learning. There's a great teacher in Essex, a guy called Bob Armstrong. So I was studying with him. He's like the drum teacher of probably UK, the best teacher. Wow. Down, going down to see him every two weeks you know he was teaching all the white the white brothers Steve White Alan White so studying with him I remember you know Baby Shan was kicked off and he said well you can't stop having lessons I said yeah but you know I can't now because I'm a big da- big deal now <laughs> but yeah I, I didn't realise that he's teaching this guy was teaching the, the big hitters yeah, you know, yeah. there's me in this little indie mm. band it's like pff, anyway so now yeah another foray into Essex and then uh, you know Baby Shan was boom 10 years Man <laughs> right, so let's let's go back then, uh, as we we was gonna just about dipped our toe into your next one. Yeah, and then, so and then we got. So you said the Happy Mondays wrote for oh, that, right. yeah. But it's 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 the remix of it, isn't it? Just because it's great dance floor wise, you know, from a DJ perspective, it's just got a much kind of. Uh, just a better dance floor feel mm. kind of vibe about it. It's I the think. Vince Clark remix for anyone who's listening if you haven't said that. Yeah. Which is better that. than the Oakenfold one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and obviously Oakenfold was one of the, the big players of that yeah. scene for remixing, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but it took an Essex boy to, to get it right, didn't it? It's a, sli- uh, it's a slow. It's not. It's not a high tempo, is it? No. Uh, it's a slow roller. It's a, and baggy, it's good. It's a baggy groover, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. A yeah. Stomper. It yeah. is. It's brilliant. It is fucking brilliant, and I, and I think if I had to sum up that moment in in like that baggy scene, I think that would be my tune that I would pick. I think it what really this remix or, or that, the remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I just think it's it's fucking amazing and I remember first hearing wrote for luck on a chart show it was I, I lucked out and it was it was the indie chart week the chart show. <laughs> and, and uh and you know normally it'd come on and it'd be like whatever it was like the the rock chart and it'd be like oh, yeah Saturday morning wasn't it uh, Saturday yeah, morning yeah like but, um, I'll tell you what going back to uh, Blur quickly right. I've got a little Blur story right about the chart show yeah so when Country House come out they put um Outside the food records building, they had a for sale sign, country house for sale. It was all part of the ridiculous marketing to get it to number one with your old Oasis thing. But it was like two of them sort of back to back in like a kind of sort of triangular thing coming out of the building. And we went to watch the Cardigans play at um, Dingwalls. And uh, and we come out of it. It was me and Cunt and the gang. And, And I was like, Fucking hell, look at that for sale sign. And it was probably about 15 foot up. Now I'm 6'3", can't 6'4". Pull your motor up on the curb. So we pulled our car up outside Food Records. <laughs> He's got on the roof and then I've literally pissed, got on his shoulders and yanked this fucking for sale sign thing <laughs> off the building. Got it in the car, like split it in half so we have one each. Yeah. Got home, thought nothing more of it, side of me bed, Saturday morning. In, in bed watching the chart show country house number one blah blah we blah should. and it used to pop up the little facts didn't yeah, it yeah 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 like, for sale sign from the country house uh, from the food oh, get was out stolen there. this week blah 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 and I just thought <laughs> it's there it's in my fucking front room <laughs> uh, yeah okay well what is 
What is your connection to the Mondays? Well, the second album, well, we've we, we done down an album, and then we was out of a deal with Rough Trade, and we were, we were free-floating. No one wanted to touch us. He'd been in and out of jail. We'd been dropped. No one was interested. So even at that point, sorry to interrupt you there, because yep. like, obviously the fact that you, no, labels didn't want to touch you, because mm. he was front-page tabloid at that point, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Like, but worked kind of against him, I think. Did it? But there was no output. Right. So, well, who's right. going to take that chance now? Rough Trade had been there, and is so. And and a guy called um, what's his name, Danny from Get Loaded. I can't remember his surname, but he was doing a festival called Get Loaded, big one in Clapham, and that started as a Monday's thing. It brought them back, put put Sean Ryder on the kind of back onto, I guess, the right track. And what's it, Danny Newman? He was he, he him and his brother, they owned Turnmills because their dad had passed away and left them Turnmills. That's right. Right, so those two, his brother's tall Paul. Mm-hmm. DJ. That's right, yep. Um, so under, underneath Turnmills is this little studio, which means where tall Paul would do all his stuff. Now, tall Paul's engineer was a guy called Dave Parkinson. So when Danny Newman, the same thing would get loaded, he went out and found wherever Sean Ryder was, probably laying in a gutter or something somewhere, he was down on his luck. Pulled him up and said, Look, we want to do this this festival, you have to get in the Mondays, they could be using the brand. Um, the Dave Parkinson then joined Happy Mondays and become part of it for quite a considerable amount of time. He wasn't one of the key players. But at that point, the only ones in the Mondays, the original, was Sean Ryder and Bez. So he joined the Mondays. Um, and then about three or four years of Get Loaded was going on, and then Danny booked us. He'd booked us when the profile was high, and then the profile had died after that. Pete had been away, he was back in rehab, everyone kind of lost a bit of... You felt it in the band, people stopped coming to the shows. Right. So what he'd done, Danny Newman was starting to panic, and that guy, I mean, I've never seen a guy so stressed because he's going to lose a lot of money. Pete had been nicked on the day of the festival. Danny had somehow managed to pull a few favours and to get him out of prison or somewhere for like three hours. Fucking hell. To do this festival. Because he was going to go under. He was going to lose everything. Yeah. So he'd pulled something. I don't know how that works. He'd got, you know, crowd prosecution somewhere to do something. But, in the meantime, we had to get something up. So he let us use that studio. So every, and we ended up just staying there for, for, for weeks, down in, in turn meals. This is, you can't be waking up and it'd be a club night and you realise that's Friday night, it's like 4am. Where have we been? We all just decamped to underneath yeah. turn meals. And that's come mad. up with an EP called The Blinding EP, just jammed it out. And the guy from Happy Mondays basically lived with us. Um, we made this EP and from the EP, it kind of showed that we were still together. EP got on the front of the enemy. So this was just as things were starting to die a bit. Solid EP, Yeah, it's great. I think it's one of our greatest stuff, really, on that. So that was our connection with him. So he was the keyboard player on Happy Mondays. Not one of the key players, but, you know, he's got enough tales. He stitched together the whole of the Mondays album. I can't remember what it's called. What was the last one? Not the, what was the last one they'd done? The one with the superstar football or whatever it was on it. Oh, God. Um, that was a World Cup thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so that would have yeah. been That would have been around. But anyway, he they stitched together that one. Um so yeah, so you know, we've got a lot of time for him. He didn't, Danny never charged us, right? To his credit, he said, just use it, use it, whatever you want to do. And you know, we, we'd be like, because they'd be doing food. So we'd be eating their breakfast, lunch, getting your mates down, just literally just, yeah. you know. But for him, he was going to lose such a massive amount of money. So just before the festival, <laughs> he had the CP ready to go, which sizzled the festival, got us then a record deal from EMI because Parlophone licensed that. So, all right, it seems to be together now. So do you want to, two album deal bam and that, you know it's paved the way moved everyone up to the next level 
So that's connection with with uh, the Mondays. So a happy, a major one as well, really for lucky, not really with the band. Yeah. At that point, I was grabbing hold of the, you know, for me, I'm thinking the whole thing's going to fall. Yeah. It's going to go. So I just tentatively, whatever I could do was to kind of talk to people and try and kind of manage the band as best I could on a very superficial level to yeah. try and give it some momentum. But the whole thing was just fragmented. Was that, been yeah, been was that frustrating? Because you sort of like you so had a wicked band. Yeah, and you yeah. Thought, yeah. Pressure. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like. And you're trying to manage people that don't really want to be managed. So yeah, I say manage the band, 10% management. Trying to, yeah. I can remember being in there, stitching, cutting his vocals up on Logic. You know, just sti- that AP is pretty much stitched together mm. like a duvet. Yeah. Um, and it spent hours and hours and hours. He'd do like a wonky guitar solo. We'd just try and patch it up. If you could see the files, it's like, oh. <laughs> but then Ian Mai picked it up and, re- and he like mixed it and mastered it. A guy called Chenzo Townsend, who's like a big player and uh, made it sound great. But it's got that grit and it's got that swagger, which I love about it, really. But yeah, it sets on the path to the next, to the next big adventure. Fantastic. I've had some adventures in terminals as well before it closed, but a lot of our uh, listeners will know about Craig's Craig's oh, time right, yeah, in terminals. Uh, yeah, yeah. Craig, boy. Craig got sung out of terminals once <laughs> for misbehaving with uh, someone in a corridor there, basically, but. Wasn't making as good a music, I don't think, as what you was, Adam. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a great venue. Great. I used to love it, Dan. Mate, I, I, I went there quite a lot. It's a bit, it always reminded me a bit like the Q Club up in Birmingham, which is like is um, pretty much a cathedral. Mm. And every time we used to go to terminals, usually was for sort of electronic music. What was the Q? Like Welcome and stuff like that yeah. we were talking about earlier. And I'd be fucking off my suede. And I could never remember the layout in terminals, so I was permanently was, lost. Like a maze. You never, permanently yeah, yeah, lost yeah. in that fucking place. And the Q Club in Birmingham, twice as bad. It's just ridiculous. We used to go there in a pl- and um, Smithfield's up the road, which is shut now. It used to be a club called Happiness Stands, which is amazing. Right, Three yeah. levels. You had um, a big mod dude going on downstairs, breakbeat, and then drum and bass. It's great. What was the other one? The film studios, what's that? Gainsborough oh Bagley so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like a swanky we went there the other day actually to get a bit of tweets like a proper change now oh really yeah ain't a club it's ain't been a club for years I don't know what it is it's all gentrified now it's all very posh restaurants and stuff oh really we used to go we used to go because Bagley's and you had the cross as well the cross would be open until like it'd go through to Sunday so you'd go Bagley's the UKG stuff I used to love going to Bagley's how are we doing for time Christopher let's have a little looky look um, it's just set, it just says remaining at the moment in terms of how long we've got left remaining so I don't know how long we've been filming probably um, I think we've probably been doing about 45 minutes now to be quite right, honest with you get another one in then should we do one more and then we'll, yeah. we'll have a little break yeah alright cool which one do you want to pick next though um, I mean the, the last one's a bit sombre it's one of those just ones I used to listen to like as a teenager okay, go on because I think it's a really it's good great track. tune it's a mm. great track but it, is, it has got quite a somberness to it. Hmm. And obviously Lee Mavers is, you know, is, is one of those kind of, depending how you view him, a genius or just a scally. <laughs> Do you I, know what I mean? I, um, Did you say the name of the song, mate? Sorry, I don't know if I caught sorry, that. Sorry, it's Who Knows yeah, by, yeah, by the Lars. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, b of the 12 of There She Goes. Um, yeah, so, yeah, before I, I cast my opinions on um, the last, what's your relationship with the last? Well, it was Lee. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but we would be touring whenever we'd go to Liverpool or anywhere like that way. He would end up coming backstage to the dressing room, and then at one point he was going to join Baby Shambles. So he joined Baby Shambles for a few days. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then at another point we were the Lars. So yeah. depending how he was, you know, we joined it as Drew and myself, and uh, I think it was just us. But we were the Lars at that point. 
Fucking right. hell. Because right. there's a lot, because the Lars have had a lot of band members. Oh, it's like been in the four, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, Because yeah. I was having a little refresh, obviously. Um, I and never then I was like, hold on, there's fucking, there's more, there's more than yeah. in a football team. It's like the four, it's like the four, you know, I've been in the four, yeah, you know, I was there <laughs> 89 for a month, it's that kind of thing, but it was like that, you know, and it wasn't, but we would always do, and we went to Liverpool, we'd do like a little last set, and he would come on and do some shambles stuff, and a few times I went around, uh, Drew had a house at the time and jammed with him there, and it was like, right, you, you've got to come and live with me, you've got to move in, and you think, oh, I can't really do that, I can't really <laughs> move in, you know, um, so it never it wasn't nothing serious, That's but it was just a connection. Yeah, he'd want he'd want but he'd want you to literally live his way. You'd have to kind of move in. But he would go through band members, you know, he'd have yeah. a band and he'd be so oh, I come and do some gigs with us. Or he'd get a band together, do like four shows and then the whole you wouldn't hear from him for five years, that kind of thing. I think he earns so much money from there she goes. I think it just comes in. Just still it like, must still be going now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. that is a I mean, crazy I remember speaking to it once and saying, Did you do all right out of that? I was like, yeah, I've lived off it for this many years. I, I think I'd estimate that tune comes in at about hundred grand a year on royalties. Fuck a duck. Really? Now, now, yeah, that's yeah, fucking yeah, mental. Yeah. I mean, it is a it is a cracking song, and this yeah, is kind yeah, of like yeah. almost like a it's an antithesis that like um, who knows is quite it's very different, isn't it? It is, yeah. But like there, mm. there she goes. You know, I mean, that's everywhere, isn't it? You know, when you think mm. you know radio one, I mean, it's not the same, but that's what seven pound a minute, something like that. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's per minute. And if you're the writer, the way it is, if you're if you're the writer, you get the bulk of that money. Then if you played on it, it's a small thing called PPL where you get if you play yeah. on it. It's not, mm. not much. But it's about the writer. Top line melody and lyrics. You know, so he, and he wrote that on his own. So John Power don't get any of that. None of the other guys get any of that. Right. Fucking hell. Because when they got back, I, I never realised, like, because I, I was looking at that and I didn't realise there'd been that many members of the Lars. I didn't realise it was another... Another fall. Yeah, Tw- 20. Like that. 20. Oh, God, um, and that's just named it. There's more yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realise there'd been this sort of stuff going on. I knew nothing about this, what mm. you just said about like Spradic. I thought Lee Mavers was like a proper Sid Barrett, just disappeared and no one saw him. <laughs> yeah. And and then, and I presumed that the, the the last shows that were like three years ago with John Power as well. Oh, did he do it as well? Okay. Um, I thought that was like the the big reunion. I didn't realise no, there's been, been a few of them. There was one even during during Baby Shams. I remember going to see the Lars. It was always him, and then as long as the drummer stood up, he could just do what he'd done. But no, that <laughs> that happened about three times during that stint at the band. Every two or three years, he'd do it. Like Shepherd's Bush Empire. Right. Yeah, I used to get really excited by it, but it was never the same. Because you know the the when you hear that first album, those guys have played together for quite a while. It's that swagger and that groove, yeah. moving as a unit. It never really had that when it, I think it takes about five years of touring to get a band that moved together. I do think yeah. that. I think you can always sense it when there's that something about it. You know, it's all oh, right. It's like sport, isn't it? It's like teams. You got you got to spend yeah. time to each other coming yeah, to read yeah. each other and, and get that momentum. I just I never got the last, and it's like and. I've probably played There She Goes. Probably, <laughs> it's probably one of the most... How much does he owe you? Like, <laughs> the amount of times I reckon I've played that in the last 25 years in clubs, you know, I don't know. But it's just one of them... It's a fucking perfect single, There She Goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the album is so many of my friends' favourite album. And it just don't do it for me. It really don't. I just think it's all right. Like... And I don't know what it is about it I'm missing, like, but it just it don't cut it for me as a as a great. The album don't for me, yeah. The album doesn't. It's got parts of it which is like as a kid, I remember the old Walkman fast forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. feeler that you felt like, yeah. 
But about who knows then? I mean, so I mean, how, how um, I mean that ain't a bad. What is your connection with the Lars? Well, you was in them. <laughs> That's all right, isn't it? Fucking hell. Um, how did that? Did, did the press pick up on that? Was I just blind to it all? That all of a sudden Lee Mavis was in baby shambles. Yeah, there was there was a few bits. You know, there was a few bits. Always making a comeback, and it was always in the press. And baby shambles are going to be his backing band. The Lars are going to. It was all this intertwined thing. But I think at that time it probably would have. Most of the kids were a bit. I think because they know one single. I think mm. they, it never carried across because he kept disappearing mm. as like yeah. a big exciting thing. Yeah, it did, he, yeah, yeah, because he didn't. He wasn't consistently no. present. The music wasn't consistently present. They, they didn't put out a lot, really, did mm. they? As a band. No, so what's, what's he like to spend time with? Yeah, he's just quite quiet, really. But he had, you know, some of the songs that we were rehearsing were great songs, but it never got anywhere yeah. because he's always looking for the perfect thing. Like, I remember him saying, "Oh no, no, you got to listen to the fridge, man. Listen to the fridge. Now listen to the fridge." Can you hear the fridge talking? No. Now listen, listen, listen. It's giving you a rhythm, man. This is oh. not an elaborate guitar pedal. You're talking no, about no, a refrigerator, like aren't you? Yeah, intrusive. Oh, all right. Is he big on acid, was he? Or? No, I think he just had this weird, ethereal yeah. way of talking. And yeah. No, 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 listen. No, 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 no. Listen to the birds, man. They're, they're telling us all we need to know about this song. No, 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 now try it again. Yeah. No, no, it's too fast, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is like sounds like Martin, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, right. yeah, it was a bit like that, and uh, I don't know. I just kept my head down. Twice. I wonder if I wonder if though, <laughs> when you when you hit it big, like they like hit it, if you he was ch- he was chasing that, he was chasing that like that hit again, and that's why he wanted. Mm. He, he was trying to make the chemistry so it would explode mm. and, and blow up as as well as 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 that song did. I think commercially, it's not that. I think for him, it's he's very so what I would consider like a real artist. I mm. think that's always been his definitely. Downfall. If he's still saying yeah, that you know, sort he, of stuff, that first 100%. album he didn't want it released. You know, I can't remember John Leckie done that first album. Mm. He said it's the worst thing he's ever released. And uh, there was this fit, this story that he wanted the dust from the original sixties Roxanne sprinkled on stuff, that kind of thing for the whole real vibe. Mm. And he even maintains now it's the worst thing he's ever done. You know, when you're talking about oh, that mm. shit. So I loved your album, Lee. That shit. It's the first thing he said to me. Oh, I really loved the album. <laughs> Suddenly you realise you said the wrong thing. <laughs> but no, I, I think he's a true artist, really. Yeah. He's doing well from Royce. Yeah. He doesn't need to do much else. Yeah, he can focus on, yeah, writing what he wants to write. I don't think he does, though. Even if he gets through, like, yeah. <laughs> any band members and, and half like, a bunch of he's half just like a, a perfectionist but yeah. I think you'll never find it didn't, didn't Prince go through a phase where he was not finishing records and everyone was starting to panic about it I think he just recorded shit loads and they've only just come to light now haven't they yeah. there was so much of it has come out because there was a lot he had a lot of issues didn't he with his signings his record labels oh, and I think it was all, ones, all involved it? I yeah. think a lot of it was inv- probably involved in that and he wanted to long yeah. them off a little bit it sounds more like sort of Scott Walker, doesn't it? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, just elusive of, and just yeah. that kind of Barrett-esque thing. But I think Barrett was more probably more troubled from the LSD and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Barrett, getting to Barrett, one of my favours as well. But it's another story. <laughs> Why did you pick Who Knows, anyway? Just I just like it. It was a B-side yeah. and I was trying to find a good B-side. Yeah. That, and it's quite got like a nice sombre feel to it, really. Yeah, it does. It's quite haunting, isn't it? Mm. It's nice. What we'll do is... Um, We've got a, a hardcore list in Spotify, um, so we'll put your these songs on there. Right, and, yeah. and what we'll do, we'll, we'll 
we'll fill it up with other songs that we spoke about this evening Brilliant. as well. Yeah. So there'll be a, yeah, an Adam, Adam will have his playlist on, yeah, our, yeah. Brilliant. on our Spotify. And if any of our Twitter followers are on, because sometimes they're on it before we are, they're like, where's the fucking playlist, boys? And we're like, it's <laughs> coming. <laughs> All right, well, look, should we stop and um, yeah. re... Uh, yeah, re-top up the drinks and, and have a wee in there. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, let's do that. Um, well, thank you, Adam, so far, mate. It's been a good chat. Cheers, Great. buddy. And, yeah, we, good to and you, the listeners, you will hear this probably in a, a day or so after, part two. And we'll see Peace. you in about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we know already that you are, well, you're in up to your balls already with this one because it's fucking great, isn't it? Up to your nuts and guts. Rude. Um, so yeah, we're we're not going to bang on too much. What we didn't mention at the beginning was a big shout out to um, our producer seventy six, yeah, um, to our YouTube manager and um, cameraman Brad. Um, yep, the rest of the distraction pieces crew. Yep, let's not list all of them. No, right, we do that at the beginning of the next of part two. Fuck them, and thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank Fuck you. Fuck them, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, thanks loads. And here's a track from Adam's new EP. In um, joy. Oh, Jigsaw. We're going to do Jigsaw. Cool. Yeah. If all I could see was true One step closer than I got to know you They want to get away You are like me now You are like me down Feeding on a good and lonely Good old far, far away And I want this to stay And it's you I get disheveled Some might say Gone away, and I see 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.